Hi guys, it's me, Neil Brennan. I'm at the airport, because I've started my tour. The big announcement is I'm coming to London June 23rd. Go to my website, neilbrennan.com. Going to Madison, Wisconsin, then I'm going to Salt Lake City. They're both sold out, don't look for tickets. Then I'm going to Nashville, still tickets available there. I added a show in Baltimore, I added a show in Chicago, I added a show in Portland. You got a good airport, I'm coming. You know what I said, so thanks. Bye. Hey everybody. I'm Neil Brennan. I have a Netflix special called Bloxbright. I uh, talk about things that make me feel like something's the matter with me, that I'm crazy, that I'm alone in the world. And then my friend Jimmy Carr had the idea, why don't you have your friends on and they can talk about their blocks. My guest today didn't understand what the title blocks meant till we were talking about it for a half an hour. I, yes, I didn't have any idea. I intru- I literally saw your special pop up on Netflix and my one-year-old daughter went, blocks, blocks. <laughs> and I said, I guess we'll put this on. And uh, I don't it, like, you said, I don't like comedy, but we'll put this on. Yeah. Tell your daughter thank you. She's a fan. Um, and uh, his name is Chris Stefano. That's who I am. Um, he's a good boy. He's from Staten Island. Well, uh, Brooklyn, but I live in Staten Island now. Oh, you live in Staten Island. I, if you notice, if the... Nobody from uh, nobody would have these glasses on seriously if they didn't live on Staten Island. This is not a sixty minutes interview from nineteen eighty eight. No, if you're wondering, if you're just tuning in, no, uh, I live guy... in the Mafia Borough of Staten Island, New York, and uh, these glasses are actually an easy pass. They just they get scanned in. The bridge just scans these in and says, "We know this guy's from Staten Island. We're going to take his money." And I'm wearing a DSNY garbage man sweatshirt because I support the troops. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get that? Any kind of fundraising thing? Uh, you just no. Actually, a friend of mine, uh, a good friend of mine who um, who also owns an Italian restaurant, a great Italian restaurant called Bellatos, right here in New York City. Which Fantastic. Is best red Stop sauce by. joint. No, seriously, you should really go. Best red sauce uh, joint, I think, in New York City. Uh, he also um, is a garbage man. And he got me a, a DSNY sweatshirt, so I support that. He owns a restaurant and is a garbage man. He's got everybody's working. We're that work. guy's putting up numbers. Cash, baby. Everything is cash. Fantastic. Love it. I like uh, they started calling it red sauce because they thought tomato sauce was uh, too pretentious. Well, he actually calls it tomato sauce. I call it red sauce because I am a Republican. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, maybe the first one we've had. Um, <laughs> really? No, no. Uh, maybe. I don't. I no, think I don't a lot know. of them Hard are undercover. Schultz. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm in. The, I'm in neutral. Please. Now. What's great about you is you got problems. Mm-hmm. Yes. You texted me your blocks before you even knew I had a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you got problems. Yes. Uh, you always have. Yep. From the, from jump. Yep. Came out the shoot with problems. Came out the shoot with issues. Um, I think that only starting to realize them uh, as I've gotten older, when I started to have kids, because I think when you have, ki- at least me, when I had my first child, I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to start to answer questions for these little people that I'm now in charge of. So I got to start thinking introspectively, like I got to try to clear up as many issues of mine as I can, because I can't have all the, be wrapped up in my own issues, but also try to help somebody else with their issues. So when I started to look into it, we, we found some baby. Well, here's what I like about you. We worked together in, I don't know, 2011, 2012. Yeah. And you were like a good, structured comedian, especially on social media. 
I feel like I've watched you become totally uh, unfurled as a person. Right. But, and then I'm hope, and then you do it more on stage where it's more kinetic. Yeah. And a little insane. Yeah. You have a special called Special Weshi. Yep. It's all material that you wrote during the, the pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, the pandy, sorry. Yes, the pandy. pandy wandy. Pandy wandy. Uh, and so it's fun to watch you go from like a Catholic boy to an insane person. Right away. Tell me how you did that. Like, or how, what was your, what was your like, how that happened? So I think what, what the truth was, was I was like, I started comedy, right? Yeah. Because I was, you know, it was always an outlet. Stand up, comedy and humor was always an outlet for me, sense of humor was always an outlet for me because my parents were divorced yeah. and my dad would call me every night and I would cry when he would call me because I would miss him so much, but I didn't want to let him know because he's like a tough guy, like yeah. old school Bronx, you know, guy like these Good are his glasses. These are his glasses. Yeah. And um, he stopped wearing them because it's like, they're too soft. Yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah. And I remember I would always, my attempt to cover up my tears was always trying to make him laugh. So, and that was always inside of me. And then when I started doing comedy, I was like, oh, the way that I make people laugh is by making like these mafia guys, these like old school Italian guys laugh. So that's the persona I took on stage. Like, you know, all these, even when I did David Letterman, all these jokes are about like my dad and his friends. And I'm even putting on a more New York accent because I thought this is how, this is what. But then I remember looking back at some of it in about 2015, 2016, I was like, Oh, I don't like that. That guy is not, that's not really me. That's actually not me. That's maybe the guy I had to be to get the nerve to get on stage for the first time. And then I just was rolling with it. People were laughing at it, but I was like, yeah, but that's not really me. Some of it's pretty hacky. I don't like it at all. And I was like, wait a second, who the hell am I? And I was like, I am a, just a person who is riddled with anxiety, mm -hmm. doesn't know who I am at all. Uh, uh, really doesn't have an identity. So I was like, I'm going to go on stage and try to just figure out who this person is. And I, I, I made myself, I remember for six months when my Jasmine, my girlfriend was pregnant with our first daughter, I was like, you know, for six months, I was like, don't do any stuff. Don't even mention you're Italian. I've come to find out that I'm actually not even Italian. My last name is DiStefano, but my ancestry, uh, 23andMe, whatever, is like 95% German. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's not even culturally a part of me. And I was like, don't do any Italian accents. Don't talk about your dad. Talk about like who you are. Like my whole act used to be just impersonations of different family yeah. members. And I was like, don't do that anymore. Who are you? Try to get your voice. Um, and, and, you know, it took a while and I don't even know if I'm there yet, but now um, I still do like make fun of my family, talk about my family and stuff, but I talk way less. I used to be like a variety show, like I used to do 45 minutes of just different characters, never, never once being me. Yeah, your act is barely that anymore. I do still. Your act is like a guy having a nervous breakdown. Right, right. Which is weird because on stage, on stage is when I feel the least anxious, right? I feel almost zero anxiety on stage other than the the fun nerves of, of performing. But sometimes people be like, man, like you're so anxious up there, but it's like fun. But I'm like, wow, I don't feel anxious there. I feel anxious when I'm not on stage. So sometimes I'm like, what the hell's going on? But it's weird because I do feel like something happened, I think maybe in like 2017, my daughter was about two. She was like, why are you always so nervous? I think that she was just hearing like what my mom or her mom was saying about me, but it kind of had this thing where it hit me like an impactful 
way I'll never forget. I was on Third Avenue in Bay Ridge by No No's Pizza, and um, you all know what he's talking about, right? No No's Pizza. Shout out No No's Pizza. Very good. Get the zucchini slice if you ever go. Um, it's very good. It's huh. bacon on it, so surprising. If, if you're a vegan, just know that. Hmm. Um, but I said, you know what? You know what this is, Chris? I remember having like an internal dialogue. And I don't know if it's wrong or right, but it worked for me. I said, you know, your anxiety and all your pro you're being a narcissist. Everything's gotta be about you. Everything's about your blood pressure and your pain in your chest and your do you think you have a brain tumor? It's like, stop. You have a little kid. Like, if something's gonna happen to you, take care of yourself, do the best you can. And your job now on this earth is you're you have to focus on this little one. She's going to have problems. You only have a, a finite amount of energy each day. You're going to use it all up on thinking you have a brain tumor. It's like you have you have a headache because you're not drinking enough water or because you drink seven coffees a day. Like just stop and focus. And then and then when I started now to you connect, focus on her blood pressure, right? That's it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's good though. She's she's one twenty. You do. 20. You do. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like that. Yeah. She she she's consistently good. But but I'm like you know I attach like narcissism to anxiety and like. And so I still have it, but I think that I deal with it in a little bit of a better way. And I try to just say, hey, things are going to be okay. Like, don't make everything about you. Not everything is about you. And when you have kids, I mean, now I have, you know, my two daughters, a stepson, you know, my girlfriend, a house. I'm in like fourth or fifth place in my own life now. So now it's like all those, you know, you, you, you get selfless quick when you have a family because you're like, oh yeah, you realize the world, nobody cares. It's like, you need to get your stuff done for your kids. And then the world's going to go on without you. Nobody gives a shit, Chris. Stop. So that that's that's helped me. I had a slam on Bobby Lee, which was his favorite part about self-loathing. Self. Self. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's the fun. That's the best part of it. It's like, uh, aren't I terrible? Spotlight on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, all right, let's get into some uh, real hard-hitting blocks. But yeah. great start. Thank you. Great start. I appreciate it. Revealing... Uh, and and we're being vulnerable and it, that's it you can do it now your first block insecurities in men insecurities in men is something that i genuinely at times i will create scenarios okay in my head truly when i'm doing anything driving uh on stage writing by the way i have two daughters one is seven one is one i'll i'll get angry at their future boyfriends for being insecure around my daughters and either getting mad at them and getting physical with them because they think that one of my daughters was cheating on them or I get mad at them for not not being the type of man I need them to be around my daughter because they're insecure little bitches and they're worried about what their friends think of them except in, in, instead of what my daughter thinks of them. And then I realize that I'm clinically insane that I have little girls, but insecurity in men is the by far, in my opinion, the scariest thing, and uh, and the thing that has caused the most death and destruction in the world is even more than mosquitoes is insecurity in men. Any war, any but any murder, suicide, it is the there's maybe a million other things involved, but the core insecurity. Let me get this straight. You think Hitler was insecure? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, now I this is fascinating. Oh yes. Look, I do a lot of these podcasts. <laughs> this is genuinely fascinating. Um edit all the times you said that to every day. <laughs> um so you're thinking about your insecurity mm -hmm. 
toward them, how that is a disease that is causes things, or you're thinking about them being insecure around your daughter. If I were a therapist and 10 more of these than I am, that's about you. Yeah, because I think the biggest fear and the biggest turnoff and pet peeve I have is insecurity. Like even even in girls, like if uh, um, you know if a girl uh, let me check your phone, or uh, none of that stuff is is hot to me anymore. All that stuff is r- literally repulsive and what? a total fucking waste of time. Total waste when of to, time. I, I've said to women before, like you got to deal with this in house. Yeah, you can't bring it all to me. Right. You have to fucking figure out a yeah. way to like just get rid of it before you. Yeah. I'm like I don't want a woman who's insecure going to look through my phone and potentially get physical with me if she doesn't like the answers. And then I've dated a Puerto Rican. And now I'm just with a Puerto, I now have a full Puerto Rican family. I just, and I, you know what? I love it. That's the thing with me is I'll say, I don't like this, I don't like that. But then I go exactly towards, directly towards what I didn't want. But it's almost like I feel comfort in the chaos, comfort in like, you know, like my natural state. There has to be something going on. There has to be something like uh, that's gonna, you know, really like, give me some anxiety or else I almost don't feel like calm. Is which, it true that your one-year-old was playing with your phone and you said, why are you going through my phone? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I said, you need to sit down and turn on blocks. <laughs> uh, but no, I think what you're saying is the, I think what, uh, what, what I'm saying is, is that insecurity in men kind of, yeah, it blocks me at times because I just, I'm, I'm very, 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 scared of it and i just but this is about your insecurity i'm gonna venture guess that it's about your you think about like the type of man you are and you're protecting your daughters right right and then you're gonna pawn her off to some schlub in 20 years maybe the six-year-old 10 10 years 10 years potential and you're like you're not gonna do a good job i feel like that has to do with you Mm-hmm. not doing a good job for your or worrying about doing a good job or your insecurities within and maybe you're thinking about jet your girlfriend yeah. jasmine's dad and am i a good well, surrogate I, and all that shit i think what happens is, is i have like not i don't want to say misplaced insecurity because whatever insecurity you have is what it is i think like a lot of guys for example would be very insecure about their girls like what do they always think like if you if your girlfriend doesn't pick your phone like you cheated on me are mm-hmm. you cheating i've never even since i've been a teenager never thought like that because i'm secure with who i am in a relationship even though i'm just like if you want to leave like i've always been like if you want to leave or want to go cheat on me i understand that like life is short go do what you want to do my i would be like if a girlfriend didn't call me what and this and this is something that plagued me my whole life not as much anymore i would automatically immediately think you're dead I would immediately think you're dead. Something happened to you. Something like you, something tragic has happened to you. That's why you haven't texted me. Back you trust back. your girlfriend so much. You assume she's dead. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not even that I trust her so much. I don't care if you cheat on me. I don't. I, it would, for me, I would be like, fine, fine, whatever. I'm not going to do go to the ends of the earth for my. Why girl. is that? That comes from, I think like one, I went through a really bad breakup, uh, at one point in my life with jasmine the woman you're with now yes right? with the woman who i'm back in in <laughs> yes that's what it is came crawling back and i was like i'm never going to allow myself to go through that again and i kind of feel like you know it was a different woman that you went through a different woman yeah, yeah 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 and and i kind of feel like you know what i'm now like you know i would like proceed with caution and i i just didn't 
I think what happened was in that relationship is I got so tense and like so everything i almost became that insecure man that, that i hate that i would hate for my daughters so what's like, the short what's the synopsis of the breakdown of that relationship uh the breakdown of that relationship was i would say more infatuation and just like literally like this girl is so opposite of any girl i've ever dated and i'm i went from zero to 100 with her immediately against the advice of my family my family was like you need even my dad who never interferes my dad's like have fun what were you to- doing just like, you know, in a month, moved in together, oh, yeah. a two months marriage, three, you know, like literally like. Literally marriage. Like I was or like, engaged. I wanted to right? have kids, everything. And, and, and my, even my dad, again, who never gets involved was like, you got to slow it down. He's like, this is, you know, that train is going to go off the tracks. It's going to be bad. It, this is going to be really, really bad for you. And I got mad at him and the whole thing, which I never really get mad at my dad. And, and, and so, and then uh, they were all right went off the tracks, got obliterated, like heart obliterated. In a she breakup. just like cheated on you or left? No, 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 just don't break up. She just was rightfully so. She was like, we are not going to, I was smothering her. You know yeah. what I mean? With my insecurity. So she was like, we're not going to be together anymore. And obviously broke my heart, try, tried to do anything, get it back, you know, horrific, put on like 50 pounds, like literally look like an, I look like Ben Stiller at the end of fucking uh, dodgeball. Like just a fat dickhead, and um, what were your insecurities? Your insecurities were: Are you cheating on me, or was it, well, you so, did not that one? No, so I because you claim you never had that one. It wasn't cheating in the relationship. I never worried about that. When we broke up, the insecurity was: You're going to go be with someone else now, Got right? It. So it wasn't necessarily cheating, which is I guess same kind family. of the same thing because I'm still in the. But all that kind of made me like viscerally, like viscerally. Once I got through the smoke cleared a little bit, viscerally hate myself. Like truly be like, I hate that version of, of Chris. I, I hate him with such a passion that I, I would love to fight him. Like I want to, I want to drown him because it was so, you know, insecure, such like a little bitch, like just a little annoying. How old were you? Little bitch, like 30 or 29, 28, something like that. Uh, maybe How old are you now? Younger, 25, uh, 38. Okay. So, so hated that guy with a passion. Now and so I think I kind of tried to make the, some of these changes, and and that thing stuck. I think you're right. I think now that we're discovering this live on the podcast, I think that that insecurity in men that I hate for my daughters is really that's me. I hate that old version that of me. you did it, and that, like it was in you, and it lives in you. And I worry about like those Idaho murders or the killed those college kids a couple of months ago. That's just an, in, that's an insecure guy that snapped. That's all that. And so that worries me as a father of two daughters. I, Cause I'm like that insecure me of 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it was. Do I think I could have killed someone? No, but it's like, you get, you could have been very sarcastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could have, I sarcasm. I could have roasted the shit out of somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do feel though that that guy is a scary person because they're so hell bent on being, and like, it feels justified, right? Because it's so real, yeah. And so, like you pictured, as clearly as you pictured that girl with a new guy, yeah. That's probably the same high def four K that you picture the beatings you're going to deliver, yeah. In twenty years, yeah, on these bums, right? Exactly. But it's all the same thing. You're, yeah. It came from that same place, that paranoia that I would have and all that. And then it would bleed in that anxiety would start in the in a relationship and then it would bleed into something else. And then it just made my anxiety. I remember like I remember being 
during that time of my life, like the most unhealthy, the most anxious, the like most riddled with fear. And that's when I just started comedy. So I think I took that, like this persona that again, wasn't the me that I want to put out there. I put that guy out there. And I, and I, don't, I don't like that guy. He went on Letterman. That guy, that guy got on he Letterman. Killed. And let me tell you something. That guy got on Letterman. And then the new guy that I like hasn't done a late night stand-up set since. So the new guy might be less successful than the old guy. <laughs> no, that's fucking fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating how I get the idea of like, you have to protect these girls. Right. And it's like, don't be a version of me. Right. That I was, even though that you didn't protect that girl wasn't in no girls were in danger right but your girls were in danger right if that guy shows up if that yeah. kid from letterman shows up then they're the in whole trouble. the whole house falls apart jasmine she had a good point she was like you know i've talked to her about this before and she was like chris let's be honest if anybody ever hurts our daughters you're not going to do anything i'm going to beat the shit out of the guy i'm the one who's crazy i'm the one who's been in prison i'm the one who stabbed people i'm a puerto rican girl from sunset park you're not going to do anything. You're going to say, you're going to get really mad, uh, but you're going to be like, but I can't get into a physical altercation because, you know, I have a show, you know, I'm, I can't, I can't be in the papers. She's like, so, so she's like, she's like, you're going to do nothing. And she's like, and by the way, you know what I respect about jazz? All the things that like a woman would be like, ugh, you know, I'm scared to, you know, like if there's a sound in the middle of the night, I'm not going to check that. She will. I don't know how to build anything. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. Like all that, I, you know, I like sports and stuff and, I do my comedy, which is an art form, which is gay to a lot of women. They're like, oh, sure. you're into the arts. You're a gay man. She doesn't care about that. She's like, that's, I don't, I don't care. I'll beat the shit out of our daughter's boyfriends. I'll fix the car. I'll build the How house. How much time she do? Huh? For the stabbing? Oh, no, no, no. She, well, she, she, uh, she did go, and she got, went to jail. No, it was like an overnight thing. Oh, she didn't go so it wasn't real prison. prison. All right. Here's what I'll say about Jess, and this is what I love about her. I don't think that she ever would, ever would get to a level where she would get so mad at me that she would stab me. But it's not out of, it's not completely. It's not off the table. Not off the table. You know, like some women, you'd be like, it's off. They would never, like my mother would never do that. Mm -hmm. and, but I like the kind of fear that, not never, highly unlikely, but it, listen, push me and, I, and see what, she's like, push me and see what happens, which I respect and I've kind of like, I love that. I love that about her. Yeah. She's, I'd never seen her before. Gorgeous. She was on a recent yeah. episode, uh, Chrissy Chaos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You're, award-winning podcast that's it baby okay great great block chris your dad did pr uh, did prison one. time right he did yeah before i was uh before i was born so okay. it's not like i ever went and visited him or anything great yeah uh but there were times where he might as well have been in jail uh yeah there were times when, when i when i well, yeah, your parents divorced and oh yeah my yeah my parents divorced when i was one immediately my mother's a smart woman so she knew that she made a big mistake in having you the in, big mistake was in having you no i think that you know, it's, the big mistake was in marrying my dad. I th it's interesting. My mother loves me. Like, so it's very clear my mother loves me. But I think if if I was like, hey, mom, like, if you, uh, you got, if you, if you said you can have a, you push a button and you can, you'll have a child again, but it's not going to be this Chris because you can pick another guy. She would pick another guy and she'd make me different because I, she would say at times when I was being like a little kid, she'd be like, oh, you look just like your father because she was just dis disdain. In the that's beginning. i don't think i could hand when i see guys like early will have a, a dog if your wife or husband's a monster it must be so much harder to spend time with the kid yeah 
Yeah, it, 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 and my dad was not a monster, but 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 it's just they, yeah. they 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 had they had ish, you know, they had problems. Yeah, and not even I'm not talking about like literal. I'm talking about like a monster to you. Like oh, yeah. I can't yeah. stand this mother. It must be hard to. People have told me like you don't think about oh that's her yeah. or that's him. Yeah, well, because I remember like being like you know I'm just a kid like whatever ten years old and I'd be talking to friend talking and I'd be like you know like. Can I have butter on? Like, can I have butter on that? Like, just talk. I'm from New York, talking, and she would run, run, and she's like, "You pronounce your R's. You will not sound like an idiot like your father." Like, she would have like this trigger. She's like, "You better pronounce those R's." She was all about me pronouncing my R's. I could do, you know? Yeah. Just pronounce them. Hey, it's me. I'm at the airport. New Year, new you. Can we still say New Year? It is like March, but stay on track with Magic Spoon cereal that. Tastes like your childhood faves, but with more protein and less sugar. It's a variety pack. It comes in four flavors that are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack is zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. I'm at the airport. You can hear the lady trying to interrupt this spot. Um, but I'm not going to let it happen, guys, because I'm committed to the game. Last thing I did before I left my beautiful home in California is I had a bowl of the of the peanut butter. It was delicious. I'm very excited they're a sponsor because I eat it myself. Um, all right, go to magicspoon.com slash N-E-A-L to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code NEAL at checkout to save $5, $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. Can't argue with that. No questions asked. None. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash NEAL. And use the code NEAL to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Not only do you taste good, you've got good taste. <laughs> Neil, you've still got it. You have a block Catholicism. Tell block. us tell us a pretty big one. One of the one of the greats. Yes. The greatest block. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Here's the thing with people my age and your age. I think we're yep. both gonna, you know. The truth about Catholicism got uncovered when my teenage brain was forming, right? So somebody older, a little bit older, or even a little bit younger, doesn't... I was born at the right time to be like Catholic. Like, you really, if you're my age, you really got to fucks with religion to really kind of be proud to be a Catholic. Because when I was 15 is when the news broke that they're raping all the kids. Yep. And that the power and corruption goes deeper than you could ever imagine. And not only are they raping the kids, but then the priests and the powers that be all the way up to the Pope, most likely, is protecting the pedophiles in the church. And now you're saying, and now I'm like, uh-oh, SpaghettiO. <laughs> I didn't know that because my mom, very religious, even my father, very religious. And Catholicism, it was so ingrained in me. Here's how much Catholicism was ingrained in me. Number one, I have Catholic tattoos all over my body still. Great. Like a Catholic cross, Catholic scripture. I mean, literally, if I take my shirt off, it's like I'm fighting for the army of God. Like, it's you think I'm in Mystic River. Like, I am a Boston Catholic, even though I'm from New York. And so, and German. 
And German, yeah. And not in any way Italian. Yeah, so, it, yeah. yeah. there was a point where things got so bad for the Catholics, I was like, I'd rather be a Nazi than a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was prouder of that. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, growing up, you know, like with, with, with all this Catholicism, kind of the shift, uh, it was so ingrained in me, Catholic school, Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school, Catholic college. Okay, I grew up in New York, Brooklyn, New York. I did not meet my first Jewish person until I was 23 years old when I entered graduate school for physical therapy, graduate school, 23 years old, I met my first Jewish person. Shout out Dana, great kid. That was the first Jewish person I ever befriended in my life because I was so, in it was like, I was so Catholic. I was like the Hasidic Jew of Catholicism. Like it was, my block was Catholic. Everything was about the church. Everything was Catholic, 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 Catholic. And it's been this major block for me because what is Catholic, at the core of it, Catholicism, I think a lot of the guilt, you know, people always say, you know, Catholic guilt, all that, that to me comes from, well, the main thing I think is all you hear in church and all you hear in Catholicism is pretty much whatever you do here on earth is going to dictate where you're placed in the afterlife. So if you don't go to church, if you masturbate, if you have premarital sex, if you commit any of these sins, then guess what? Your chance in heaven goes down, down, purgatory, hell, that's what's happening. And, you know, so that's where the guilt comes from. So I've been struggling with that, and I didn't realize how directly correlated that was with my anxiety and my kind of feelings towards myself, because I thought I could give money to, you know, growing up, I'd give money to a homeless person or do a good deed or do something, but if I didn't go to church on Sunday, I'm going to hell. And I, I could never get out of my you own. You know what's also really funny? Yeah. As I listen to this, the rules are so unclear. Yes. Like... Do you know what a mortal sin? I still like, so if I masturbate mm -hmm. and then confess, right. it does it count any, I, it was never clear to me. It was never clear. Like you're good. Right. Well, for me too, like, you know, the mortal sin versus the venial sin, yes. that would be like a more venial sin. You know, it's masturbation. Not that big. mortal sin is like killing rape, those things. And those sins, mortal sins, but not raping little boys. Right. Those count. fine mortal sins technically could only be absolved. I believe a mortal sin could only be absolved by a pope or a cardinal. You had to travel. I, I, yeah, you had to travel. Yeah, you, you, had to, you had to get a flight to Italy. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, Which, you know, is tough. It was yeah. tough for the Catholic Back in my then? community. Yeah, dude, we were doing Fungwa bus lines to Boston. So <laughs> we were taking a $3 Chinese bus ride to Boston. We're not, we don't have the money. Yeah, to we don't Italy. got the money. We don't have a passport. What, how do we and do And like, I remember, like, I remember being, I remember being about, 25 26 and going to the eastern state penitentiary uh in philadelphia it's you know visit great great thing to do if you're ever around what were we, you why'd you go i just i love history so i wanted to go the eastern state penitentiary the reason why i went is it's one of the it's an old school quaker prison so the way they have it set up is you know they had the the guards in the middle and then you had these long hallways and those would be the prisoner cells so like quaker prison quaker style was like you, you, your penance is you sit in silence for the rest of your life. Like you do not have any interaction, which of course makes people go insane. But anyway, Al Capone had a cell there, right? And I wasn't even thinking about Catholicism then, whatever. We're on the tour and we're going down and they say, oh, this is Al Capone's cell, whatever. So they said, oh, he actually uh, began to get like really sick here. And I don't know that he died in that prison, but he died shortly after him leaving that prison. And they said, but it was on this bed right here where the priest absolved him of all his sins. And therefore, you know, he was a devout Catholic towards the end of his life. So he was absolved of his sins and crimes and, you know, believed he was going to heaven. And I was like, what a 
bunch of bullshit. Yeah. 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 First of all, paid off the priest, sure. But I was like, what a bunch of, what a bullshit type of religion then if this guy who killed so many people, murdered people, ruined families, is now just because at the end of his life he had enough money or enough cachet, was famous enough to get a high-ranking priest to absolve him of his sins, now he goes to heaven, but I might go to hell because I'm jerking off and having premarital sex because I love Puerto Rican women and I'm horny. Hello. Hello. And I'm battling my sexuality. So, yeah, have I, you know, fucking maybe gone too close with a guy? Sure. You're, hey, who's winning, by the way? You versus your sexuality. Uh, so far, right now it's right now it's me, but we are wavering. <laughs> where uh, it's one of those things where when I hit forty, if I'm lucky enough to hit forty, there might just be a thing where I'm like, listen, I got to be honest with you. The most fun I've had. I don't know if, if you haven't seen the show, please Google it. Season one of White Lotus. The uh, did you see White Lotus? I've seen episode one. Okay, so the first season of White Lotus, the the best character is this Australian gay guy. Yeah, and the, I'm like, the manager. That's the guy I want to be. That's that's the guy who's like, that. I love that guy. And it's like, what is that guy doing? He's just being gay. He's yeah. just having fun. Yep. You know, I'm like, and I, I found myself identifying with that guy. I was like, I don't know that I can eat a guy's ass over a table, which is one of the scenes. But I'm like, you know what, dude? Can you? I can be gay without hooking up with a guy. I mean, in, ta in terms of a, uh, like culturally having a blast. Yeah. No one's having more fun. Dude, I got to be honest with you. As I'm getting older, I don't know if it's my blood pressure medicine. Shout out Losardin. I don't know if it's that, but. Could I, you have a promo code for Losardin? I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, not yet. Um, I, I don't, not that I don't need sex. I mean, it's a human need. Sure. But I've been so much less horny and like, I, I, I'm okay having sex with Jasmine once a week, once every two. It's not that big a deal if we have sex or don't have sex. And even when I'm on the road, like that whole idea of like, ooh, we're in the road. I want to jerk off 10 times. or I want to try to get a girl after the show. None of that happens. I'm like, no, I'd rather, I've done it enough in my life now. It's like, I'd rather just go hang out with the feature, go get something nice to eat right after the show, chill out, maybe not even add a show, just be done by nine o'clock, go enjoy a city be back in the hotel room by 11 and just that's fine because the stress and anxiety comes with the chase of the women comes with the trying to validate your feelings and validate your security as a man by being a, on the prowl sexually. I'm like, I don't want that. It's maybe the dumbest scoring system imaginable. Yeah. And it's the only, it's not the only, it's like, it's just a way guys keep score. Right. And it's so destructive. Yeah, and I blame, and I'm bringing it all back to you because I blame a lot of that on Catholicism. I really do. And I blame a lot of all that on my, you know, me being told I need to go to an all-boy Catholic school, me being told that premarital sex is wrong, me being told all those things, that masturbation is wrong. That, and it creates a pressure that you feel like can only be resolved by yeah, sex with a yeah, woman. Yeah, by sex with a woman, by, by, by being a bad boy and having premarital sex, by, right. you know, um, doing all these things that you're not. No, it's funny because I'm, 12 years Catholic school. Yep. What it sex would be like without that, without that thing of like, this is bad. Yeah. Even if it's cause I'm like far from it now, but it's right. still the right. frame is there. Do you, you're not a practicing Catholic no. anymore. Yeah. So we're similar in that where, yeah. where I even like, you know, I was an atheist. Now I'm not like, but I don't believe in Catholic yeah. God. Like I don't like that got, seems silly, but I got both my daughters baptized only because get baptized into the Catholic faith. This way, if you want to make a decision as you get older, my girls, if they want to, and they want to get the rest of the sacraments, communion, confirmation, all that, they can do that. I, 
this way they're baptized. I, I just didn't want my kids to like want to be Catholic because I wouldn't stop them from that and then be, you know, 25 years old having to get dunked in a tank. So I was like, let them just do that as kids, but no communion for my older one, no penance, none of these sacraments. And it's caused a bit of an issue with my family who are still devout Catholics. And I'm like, you guys got to understand, my, I make sure my daughters have relationships with God and spirituality and I meditate with my seven-year-old and things, and we're just doing things a little different. I'm never going to pressure her. She can choose whatever religion she wants because I had Catholicism pounded down my throat yeah. and I don't know that it did any good for me and I didn't have a choice and I didn't learn about other religions and I was very insulated. And, you know, it was a blessing to be able to come and start to get into comedy and meet all these different types of people when I was, you know, 25, 26 in the West Village. How many Jews have you met by now? Um, since Dana. Since Dana. Now I've met, well, I, Dana, there's Sam Morrill and Ari Shafir. So Great. three. Yeah. And you, I thought you and Schultz were Jews, but you're not. <laughs> uh, but so, so I'll say three and a half. Um, but, but so Catholicism has been a major block for me because I feel like there is not something good about structure in a religion. And you I do, I will say like, it's not a bad moral structure right? in like the, the, the basics of it, like right. the golden rule. Could right. have just told me the golden rule. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the rest, just the, the bylaws and the thing and then venial and mortal and you're going here yeah. and that's full and you're going, you're going to a different place yeah. and to hell. And it's like, okay. Cause in a way, right. What is church? Church is meditation. That's what you're doing. Like when you're meditating, you're kind of getting a connection to a, your spirit and all that stuff. And it's great, but it's like, so you're saying if I don't do that Sunday, every Sunday, then in your system, I lose points and I go to hell. That's and also you want to burn me. Yeah. Yeah, what? You want to burn me because I didn't go to fucking a, a building? Yeah, it's and listen to a ceremony that I by the time I it was yeah. just wrote and I could say da 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 da. I knew it. I'd had it memory. I'm mouthing along in yeah. the audience. Yeah, but you want to burn me? Yeah, I'm gonna get burned. But Al Capone's in heaven with a Tommy gun. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Um, social media slash women. Okay, so one in the same. So for me, it was my birthday of just this past year, August 26, uh, 2022. So I turned just turned 38. And I, I looked in the mirror. And, you know, it's one of those. I'm, I don't really care too much about uh, birthdays. I think they're really stupid. Um, I think that's one of the blocks. It is one of the blocks. I didn't put it on here because I, Ronnie Chang had it. We, we yeah. And I also... I mean, my yeah, point dude. of view is I, and listen, here's I can, you want, I can get a pony. Yeah. And here's the thing. I've stolen enough of Ronnie Chang's act, so I don't want to, I'm not going to steal his block. Um, so, so I, you did a huge chunk about Chinese people loving money, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't do well, but it you did. were, you were up there talking uh, yeah. about how Chinese people, though, and you called them those Chinese people. Yeah. Yeah. They I, love that money. Yeah. I did a whole 20 minute bit about growing up in Singapore and people were like, I love when Chang did this. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, um, when I looked in the mirror, uh, you know, I kind of, it was one of those birthdays for whatever reason. Pronounce your R's. Say it so, again. Birthday. Mirrors. 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 Great. Yeah. So, um, even though it's a random birthday at 38, it means nothing, right? It's not a milestone. I woke up in the morning and I found myself going to brush my teeth. My family was still sleeping and I just looked in the mirror and I was like, you know, internally, I was like, you're 38 years old now. And I, you know, was in my boxers and I was like, you don't look good. I, I, I was having like this, you know, all in my head. I was like, you look like shit. Your, your, your chest is pointing this way. You have a gut. 
you, if you're going to, this is a year, this is a time now where you, if you don't get, I'm picturing several nipples. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. Many nipples. Yeah. I look like a pregnant pit bull. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. I look like Jasmine. And, and so I said, you're getting close to 40. Now you're in your late thirties. Okay. I think for some reason, 37, I was still like, I'm in my mid thirties. Yeah. But 38, I was like, no, no, now you're, this is the late thirties now. So the snowball, the, it's going to avalanche if you do not get yourself together physically and mentally now I, I it almost felt like the warning systems were going off and for some and i and they weren't there the night before they just right so i said to myself what's the plan here i always know that it starts in the mind and i said what is your biggest what is what is the thing that takes up the most amount of your time what wasn't even it was it was almost popping out of the front of my head it was so far in the front of my mind it was social media was the thing that's popping the most preoccupied you are. It is like you have missed milestones in your daughter's lives, steps and her doing something cool and whatever, because you're looking at you're in your phone. You're on social media in your phone obsessed. But you saw some pretty great stuff. Oh, my God. Are you amazing? <laughs> Let's be clear. It's you big. missed a step, but you did see somebody get punched in the face. Oh, it's, it's repeatedly. Yeah. From different dude, angles. I, 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 a chimp chimpanzee eating his own cum i mean it's like i know i missed the baby's first step so i mean this is insane this guy's sitting on the hood of a car in a safari eating his own cum so you saw the takeover corners in la where they're doing the yeah. fast and furious spins and kids get clipped it was great all the conspiracies you know everything it was it's amazing you know? it's not it wasn't a blowout in terms of like you right. should have looked at you know i mean yeah. it's like yeah no i mean my daughter's great but it's like you know come on so Grow up. yeah, so was all so was all the Fauci conspiracy memes. <laughs> I love those too. So, but I said you got to get this is the problem here. I said I believe if your your brain the the you start to the brain and, and you know your head and the body will follow. I said get off social media. So I just immediately I called my manager at the time, Emilio, the Italian woman, and I said, buddy, I need help here. I said I know that we need social media for tickets and all that. I get it, but I'm I'll, I'm willing to pay like anything to to give this the key full keys you know a lot of guys won't do that they're like oh well my dms or what if that or what if i can't get in i don't care i knew i knew viscerally intrinsically if i don't give the full keys over right now i will this will derail my life so i said everything this kid who i i know i know my, my shout out my friend brian he's the one who handles it he's the one who handles it i full access so if he wanted to he's getting a lot of ass Oh, from what my I God. understand, I told him, let me be clear with you. You can have as much fun as you want on my Instagram. Confirm they're over 18. I don't need any. I don't need any. Right. I don't need any of these slip ups that they think it's me. I don't a need that. And shit. every day you text him a picture Sorry. of what your your appearance that day so that he can. Yes. He's yeah. got the He's got a similar glasses, not identical, yeah. but close. Yeah. Glasses. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody, by the way, sent me uh, uh, Brian sent me a screenshot the other day because Kalila you know, from the, from the Tiger Belly podcast had DM me, but again, don't run my account. Somebody had texted her from a dip that not my number saying, Hey, what's up? It's Chris Stefano. I'll be in LA. Let's get lunch next week. I'm like, what's the plan there? What is the plan? You DM Kalila, say, so let's get funny. lunch. But then it's not me. So yeah. like, I don't even understand what it is. But anyway, if you heard, that's not me. Um, I got it's Bobby. <laughs> that's what, yes, it probably was. Right. Yeah. Just yeah, seeing then he if, comes out. Yeah. Like meet me at, California pizza kid, yep. CPK with these glasses. He's like, Oh, it's Chrissy D. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and so what happened was with that is I said, 
you got to change. And I gave the keys up. And I'm not going to lie, dude, it was very difficult, you know, because you just get used to this. Yeah. And what's going on? Hey, you misspelled Orlando. They're not going to buy tickets now. And I just gave it all up. I said, even if this means less ticket sales, even if this means less money, even if this means less, you know, followers, I don't care. It's about getting me healthy right now for my family. We're doing okay enough where it's like, I don't care if I sell a little, if, even yeah. if I sold half the tickets. It's going to get me better. And then, dude, that when that started to happen, I didn't realize it then. What started to happen was, is I, I think the main thing, and, the, and you know, because since then I've dropped like 35 pounds. I'm like, my whole life has changed. That's like, insane. Yeah, it, it, it literally, my whole life has like changed. You probably down to three nipples, four nipples tops. I'm still five, six, but I've, <laughs> it's, it's genetic. Yeah. But, but it's still half the nipple count. And like in the gym, like just fucking everything changed. And I think what what happened, you know, as uh, I thought about this in about December, a couple months ago, you know, when when you're on social media, right? Like you'll you'll see somebody who's better than you, who mm -hmm. you perceive as better than you, you know, whether it's comedy, what, but you know, muscle, you know, guys in shape. I would I would feel be feeling good at previous points. About, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm I've ate right for a week, and I'm I, I I'm getting in the gym, you know, three times a week, and I'm feeling good. And then you see someone who's absolutely shredded, and you're like, well, I'll never look like that subconsciously depressed two hours later I'm, I'm not equating it to that but it's when the seed was planted now i'm eating ice cream and philly cheesesteaks and that rolls into well i get up the next morning and now i don't want to go in the gym because i feel fat enough and what's the point anyway and this whole spiral 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 your daughter's taking her first steps you can't see her because of all the nachos <laughs> yeah 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 i just i literally i it's i can't even focus and i i realized what's happened was is why i've been able to stay consistent and why I've been able to kind of change my life is because that comparison every day that I would consume me is gone. I, I don't compare myself to anyone anymore because I don't know what's going. I only know what's going on with my people in my life, my friends and family. And when I meet, when I see someone like who I haven't seen in a while, we catch up for 20 minutes. What's been going on, all that. And even furthermore, what I noticed is I'm not comparing myself to me. On social media, I would constantly, sub, well, subconsciously, compare me to me. I would look at myself from six months ago when I was on it every day and then be like, or a Facebook memory, something would pop up, and I'd be like, man, remember when I looked like that? Those were the good old days. Remember that time? And then it would subconsciously depress me where now I don't do that. I don't do that at all anymore. I'm mm -hmm. like, what, How about view counts? Would you look at that? Be view like, counts constantly would yeah. make me feel insignificant as a person. It would make, yeah. and, and then what I would do then, especially when I was in my single days, I would use social media as like a dating platform. And instead of, you know, writing the jokes when I'm in the, you know, hotel, I would be trying to set up meetings with girls and go, let's get coffee. Let's get a drink and let's hang out right after the show. Hey, Kalila, I'm going to be in L.A. Yeah, I'm going to be in L.A. Let's get lunch. It's not me. <laughs> um, and I would do take up all this time, all this energy. My act was never changing. I was never, you know, really writing. I was so anxious about, you know, being on stage for the 945 show because I know I got to hang out with this one. But then I also told that one and all this stuff. And it all just went away. Like it all. And then what happened was, too, where Jasmine and I were at points drifting apart over the last couple of years and kind of just being like, oh, it's because we have kids and this is just what it is. Now we've gotten so much closer because we say to now all that time that was taken up on me being depressed because I'm, you know, um, uh, because uh, of who you were six weeks earlier, of who I was six weeks earlier, me, honestly, me seeing a, a random, you know, some random girl, even if I didn't, you know, act on it, you know, 
uh, uh, DMing me or commenting like, you're so cute, whatever. And then I'd look at her profile. profile. Oh, she's pretty. She's a doctor. She's this. She's, she's that. not Puerto Rican. She's not Puerto Rican. She does have a tattoo tick because that's a prereq for me. But she's not Puerto Rican. I would start to have these subconscious fantasies about, well, my life would be easier with her. And and again, it's all deep in the subconscious. My yeah. life would be easier with her. And, and by the way, the other thing you're not talking about, severe guilt. Huge. Back to the Catholicism. Yes. Severe guilt. And then what would happen? Cause a fight with Jazz and I. Yeah. Jazz would sense something. You know, women can sense. What do you, you're pulling away. Fight. Oh, you're always, I, then I would turn back. You're always on my ass. I can't live like this. You know, why don't we, you know what? Maybe we should break up. All that stuff because all these subconscious thoughts, you yeah. can do better, you can do better. I'm going to be with the doctor. When this yeah. not Puerto Rican doctor with the tattoo tit, yeah. when I get yeah. with her, she, first of all, she's going to take care of all of my medical problems. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, she's the one for me. I, she's a doctor. Yes, she has fake lips, fake tits, a fake ass when she DM me at 3 a.m., but she's literally going to give me an easier life. Yeah. She gets me. <laughs> so getting off the social media um, and kind of just opened up this world to me that I did like so much, I feel so much more connected to my family, so much more connected to myself, all the comparisons I was doing, right? Kind of, I didn't realize was making me bitter, right? Because you're always, you always feel insignificant. But now because I don't feel that insignificant anymore and I'm happy with what I'm doing in my life and who I'm becoming, I truly, genuinely am happy for all my peers that I see doing well because I feel like I'm doing well too. So yeah. what's the difference? This actually happened a couple of days ago. And again, no, no people don't, uh, you know, don't even realize, and it's fine. I sold out four Wilbers mm -hmm. in Boston, right? So it's like 4,000 tickets. They're going to add a show. It's all great stuff. I'm happy, right? And then one of my friends, again, he's fine. He goes, oh, you think you're good? And then he sends me uh, Taylor Tomlinson, who sold like 14,000 tickets, like all the Wang yeah. Theater. So congrats to Taylor Tomlinson, crushing it. He was like, how does that make your Wilbers feel now? And I, and I honestly, I genuinely, like truly, because I, I, I it's a friend close enough where I would have been honest with him because two years ago, it would have made me feel insignificant yeah. and would have made me be like, you know, you would have said something that you didn't realize. Well, I'm funnier than her. Right. You know, whatever bullshit you would say. And I genuinely was like, I'm happy for Taylor. As yeah. a matter of fact, it made me, I told my guy, Brian, I said, can we DM Taylor and just be like, hey, because I didn't even know about it. I'm like, she, Can we she, DM her to say we're going to be in LA Friday? We should get lunch. Yes. <laughs> Maybe coffee because I have a lunch with Kalila. Yeah. 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 I want to say, I would say, I DM'd her. I said, hey, you know, you're crushing it, Taylor. I just want to say congrats on everything. And this is not, you know, anything sexual. You don't even have a tattoo in your tit. I'm not interested. <laughs> but I, no, but I, I, and and it was a genuine feeling. And it was one of those things like it. You made, bring a temporary tattoo, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in case of emergencies, it brought that 100%. Like, qualifies. You feel, you seem like you should have a tattoo. At, Maybe she can't afford it. At the very, very least. You have a scholarship program and a temporary. And a temporary tat. At the very least, I always make sure my hotel is within walking distance of a henna studio. <laughs> At least they can get that on the tip. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so so it made me genuinely, it was a, a moment that happened a couple of days ago. I was like, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy. I'm happy to be at the place I'm at. I also feel I'm at a place in my life where if this was my career, never got any bigger than this, I'm happy and content with this, which which I believe is directly tied to social media. I had a similar situation. It's funny. The Wilbur is like we were. I was talking to Sam and and uh, and Mark Norman about it. Wilbur is like, well, how many Wilbur's strong is he? <laughs> yeah, he is four Wilbur. Who Chrissy D? He is four Wilbur strong. Yeah, I did the Wilbur in August. Didn't quite sell it out. 
now I'm doing doing it again this July or something, and I sold out one. Yeah, added a second. Well, that'll sell out. Great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like comparing myself to that's a good way to compare yourself to yourself instead of comparing yourself to yeah. like Mulaney did twenty one Wilbers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I'm happy. Like. I, well, because then the comparisons get endless. It's like, well, yeah. what, what, how what many I, did Kevin Hart do? Yeah. He did a million Wilbers. Yeah, a million Wilbers. And then even outside, it's like, well, I'm the same age as LeBron James. Are we going to, right. am I going to, should I be in the how NBA? How many points you got in yeah, the NBA? Exactly. Yeah. None. Zero. Yeah, but you're still happy because you're right. not, you didn't even hear about him breaking the record. You're not on social media. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was asleep. <laughs> to your 35 uh, pounds thing. The social media is. I, I, right, right. Right. I mean, look, give right. give the kid something. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I, I fudged it. Fudge, which is delicious. You probably yeah. haven't had any in a while. Oh, but I only eat sweets on Saturdays. That's a big thing for me. Sunday. I'm a Sunday. Su- no, there you go. Sunday sweets. You know what? Um, I'll change it to Sunday. Yeah, you know what? I'm a follower. Um, social media is cigarettes. Okay. It's just going to end up being the most harmful thing that people are just letting exist. And you think 50 years from now, we'll look back as we look back in cigarettes and be like, remember when we used to let humanity yes, do that? Yep, some the fact that China blocks TikTok right. for kids is, of course, they, they should. Right. America should block TikTok. You literally are like, I can't do this a little bit. I was getting spun out and then I took Instagram off my phone and I'm like, oh, I'm so much cleaner. Yeah. You just are like existing as a person. That's it. And not as like a phone. You're not in a crazy relationship with your phone. Yeah, yeah, which which is vital. And then you kind of get your head up. Just putting your head up. Just, just try to walk around for an hour and just have your head up the whole time. You'll realize like there's so much life to see, but half of us are just buried in the phone. You don't, you don't realize how much time is going by. Yeah, and again... No disrespect to the Fauci conspiracy videos and no. the memes, yeah, and the guys getting clipped by the by the Fast yeah. and Furious spinouts, and the chimp eating yes, his own his cum. cum, yeah, and the t- the lion going yeah. after the gazelle. That oh, one, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. It's like Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, it, no, and, and listen, here's the truth: is I still watch all that. I just not on my phone. I watch the pandemic week after week about you know the Fauci on the big screen on the big screen, baby, where, where it belongs. Yep. Um, being away from New York. So there is a, and I, and, and, I, and I want to be specifically being away from New York, not being away from home, because I, I thought that it was always being away from home, which is, you know, home is my family and my children and all that. But it is specifically New York because when I, I had to go to LA for four months and I brought my family and my kids and I still had the same dread of being outside of being away from New York, I have such a connection to the city. I'm like, I am like a New York guy. Like I am that guy that's like hell bent on having a career in entertainment and doing Would it all you from New wear York. a New York garbage man sweatshirt? Yeah. Great. Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I literally want to make my whole, my, you said, what's one goal? Uh, what's two goals? My main goal is to get to do comedy in MSG on my own, not opening for my show. MSG, that's the big goal. And the second big goal is to be have a career in, you know, whatever it may be, entertainment where I'm l- in New York. I'm going to be the new Woody Allen and and change, maybe, maybe not change no, no, anything. No, don't change a thing. The new Woody Allen is who yep. I am. And I feel like just such a deep connection here. Like when I would go, when I travel still to this day, I'm the guy 
I am looking or looking back, whether I'm flying out of Newark, JFK, LaGuardia, looking back and seeing the city for every last possible second until I get to the skies against it anymore. I'm looking at it. And when I like I was just in uh, Cleveland last week and a uh, shout out hilarity is great club. And, and I, um, I was, wa- I found myself for two hours in the hotel room. It was freezing out. So you couldn't do anything watching YouTube videos of live New York. There's just a YouTube where you're just watching people walk around New York live. And I'm like, I'm obsessed with it. I just love it so much. And I, and I, and, and I wa- I find myself watching videos from the nineties, the early two thousands. I'm, I'm watching, you know, this one, you wouldn't be looking at the world trade center. Uh, no, if I'm really homesick, (laughs) I'm like, let's just replay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, it wasn't all bad. I, I I had a, I was, you know, it was crazy. The day? Yeah. I mean that you, you got a real viral moment. Yeah, exactly. Out of it. So thank you, Bin Laden. Yeah. For everything. Polarities wouldn't have been sold out without 9-11. So I really, I I would like to actually give a public uh, thank you to (laughs) Al-Qaeda. Yeah. Finally. (laughs) Yes. So, and as far as a block goes, I was thinking, because it it definitely felt like urgent, but, but, but I don't know. I think it blocks me in the sense of it makes me feel like I, you know, with the career opportunities we can get in entertainment to travel, I turn down travel sometimes because I truly just don't want to leave New York City and I don't know if at some point in my life I will regret that. Maybe you go to a different city like uh you go to Tampa. You, I'll be there April 1st, Tampa Theater. Right, of course. But you bring like a hot pipe that you can put in your room. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just New York trappings. Just yeah. A uh, radiator that makes the the right. railroad noises from the 1800s. Right. Jewish landlord. Jewish landlord. Have him in the bathroom the whole time. Evasive super. Yes. A super you can't get in touch with. Yes. Uh, very Byzantine-ass complicated parking regulations. Yes. Um, Byzantine. I like that. Byzantine. I've never, I've never heard it the, described as Byzantine, but I like that's that. That's for the kid. That's, I it, like that. Because you're... Uh, the parking rules are very Constantinople. That's correct. Yes. Thank you. Uh, what else could we... Of course, of course, you bring a box of rats. 1,000%. Uh, and just let them... They get to your room five minutes before and dump the yeah. rats out. Roaches and rats. Yeah. From new... Legitimate... Yeah. They wear vests. The NYPD vests. Oh, yeah. No, when I when I bring my kids on the road with me, sometimes not because they're my kids, it's because they're Puerto Rican and they identify with New York. I'm bringing yeah, Puerto Rican. You associate them with yeah, New York. Yeah, I give them little cans of adobo and we have fun. And it's a great time. Yeah. You know what's funny? I should say that I don't like being not home at certain times of day. Not even it wherever my home is, whether it's New York or whatever, or like but or where in LA my home, like I moved recently. Like I just want to be home around sunset. Okay. Around when the sun is setting. Yeah. I want to be home. You're like a farmer. Yeah. I like it. Um, I <laughs> want to be home. I just want to be like, I don't know. I just certain times I was reading a book and someone said they didn't like a certain time of day. And I was like, I didn't know you were allowed to not like certain times of day because I don't I get insecure around sunset. It is very really. I just get like uh, the I night is coming. The dark I don't. It's like Sunday scary or uh, Sunday uh, Sunday scary. It's the it's my version of Sunday right. scaries. Right. Like I'll have certain times a day. I got bad associations with. Interesting. That's it. You know, I used to feel that way. I used to associate. Um, interesting. Well, w- weirdly, I should say. Um, I used to associate. Might be interesting. Go might, ahead. It's possible. I used to associate. And this actually changed in the last four months of my life as well. 
I would be happy when it was cloudy. When it was cloudy and rainy was when I was the most happy. And when it was sunny and hot is when I was the least happy. Huh. And I talked to a therapist once and, and he said, most likely while you're associating the um, rain and clouds with happiness is because something probably very profound, something that made you very profoundly happy when you were a child, when your brain was forming, happened in a cloudy day. And you just subconsciously associate all that and something very bad happened to you that you, made you profoundly upset on a sunny, hot day and you associate with that. 9-11. 9-11. There you go. And I It was a beautiful morning. It was crisp. We didn't really know what was, was about to hit us. It was a great day. Yeah. We didn't know what was about to hit us. Yeah. Um, and and I, but I will tell you that uh, my therapist, if you're listening, and by the way, shout out BetterHelp, um, but you were wrong on this one. Um, it was simply because I, I, I was fat and out of shape and cloudy skies and the rain made me say I can put on more layers and sunny and hot said, you're going to have to show your tits and your multiple nipples. And now that I don't feel that way, I'd like it to be hot. Great. There it is. I love hot weather. I don't like San Francisco because I don't like the like it's uh like gaslighty weather intended to break you down. Right. That you have no when you're in San Francisco, you got no autonomy. Right. Because you got you. It's like w the weather is in charge. It's in, yeah, because it, it, it can be 30 degree change. When yeah. You, as soon as you go over the bridge. If only Mark Twain had written about it. True. Now. My point is that, like, there are, like, weather or time of day or, like, weird things that affect our moods that we don't even think about. That's my block. Yeah. Um, a lot of things affect our moods. finally. Y'all go ahead. Being alone. Being alone. See, I, I thought I, this was a block, and I, I, I thought, uh, Neil's not even going to go for this one because probably everybody comes in here and says that they're blocked by being alone. But you, but nobody has. No, not that I can think of. Okay. I am very. It, you have a very active mind. That's what's interesting about you is like the kid from the Letterman kid. Yeah. Um, the kid who was on Letterman. That's not David Letterman, the kid. The kid who was on Blocks. What a great episode. Yes. Uh, Taylor Townsend, also a great episode. Yeah. Um, oh, did she do this already? Yeah. yeah. She beats me in everything. <laughs> She's done it twice. <laughs> um, in seven episodes. <laughs> She's done, she, we added one. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't know how active that kid's mind was. Right. The Letterman kid. Yeah. This What's great about new Chrissy you are, you'll say Chrissy Chaos. You'll say fucking Anxiety Tuesdays, Sunday Scaries. Just you'll say uh, my sexuality. My, uh, like it's everything is available. Right. And it's very fun to watch. But my guess is you don't, you like having a place to, a receptor. Right. I think it all stems from this fear of being alone because even I've noticed when I'm driving, Right. When I'm driving, you know, in peace in the car, pure daylight, whatever, not scared of anything, just driving. I'm constantly looking for people to call, to talk to through the drive. Like the moments of just sitting quiet, like I do it. I've been forcing myself to do it. I'm very inconsistent with it. I'm, and big goal of mine is to stay consistent with it. One of the hardest things I do is trying to sit quietly and meditate. It, it, it feels almost like an impossibility to try to do this, you know, the transcendental meditation 20 minutes twice a day. I'm like, I can't even think about doing I To sit down for five minutes with my eyes closed and my thoughts, I'm like, I, 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 I have to talk to somebody. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm alone. I'm alone. I'm alone. People who travel alone, I, I, it feels at this point in my life like, inconceivable to do that. The amount of loneliness I'd feel, the amount of pressure I'd feel, the amount, how much I'd miss New York. It would, it would, it would, it would be 
so much to the point where I'd, I would be like, I have to, it actually happened. I went to England. I was doing shows in England and I, I was by myself. My friend was supposed to come meet me. He couldn't get out there. I had tickets to the Yankees Red Sox in 2018 when they played the one and only Major League Baseball game they played in London, England. My favorite baseball team of all time, the Yankees, their main rival, the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. I paid all this money for these tickets. This trip over there, book shows around it, sold no tickets, just a full loss. And Taylor added shows in London. That is true. She actually played in the game. And <laughs> and and so and so two days before the game, I still had gigs left on the schedule. The game was the focal point. I felt so alone, created a scenario in my head where I thought I had appendicitis. It's just gas because I was eating fish and chips like it was my job, which it was. And I I flew home. How's that job pay, by the way? Great. <laughs> it, it pays in diarrhea. Um, it, it, I flew home and and got and convinced myself you're flying home because you want to see your daughter. You're flying home. This is the right move. Blah, 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 blah. Get home. My, my daughter was by my mom's house. Go knock on the door. My mom's like, what are you doing here? I was like, I want to come home early. I miss the baby so much, blah, 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 it's blah. appendicitis. I have appendicitis. Yeah. And, you know, a mother's just, you know, intuition. She said, you were scared to be alone in England. Right away, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. You know, she was like, you're scared to be alone in England. Single tear? Yeah, I was face. like, <laughs> I was like, I am. I, I was like, wow, I was. She was like, man. She was like, so the, you didn't go to the game? I said, no, it's tomorrow. She was like, you're going to regret this, honey. And then and then we went in, made me breakfast, never mentioned it really again, but it was profound where I was like, as soon as you said, like, what is your biggest blocks? Like that still is the one that I haven't. I feel like the other ones I've. How much you eat on those tickets? Huh? Oh, my God, dude. I because uh, I bought my ticket and for my friend, uh, I was out three grand, which, yep. you know, I, I mean, it's a lot of money now. But yep. back then, I mean, it's everything kind of insurmountable. Yeah. You know? Like I was like, I am I'm fucked. Yeah. And and so I still that being alone, I haven't the other ones again, you never conquer, you know, you never fully conquer stuff. I, I think there's always we all always learn. But that being alone one is as big a block today as it was in 2018, where the other ones are way less blocks. I don't think you're wrong to like people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you're wrong to want to talk. Like, I have friends who call me on the phone. I don't want to talk on the phone, really. But like, it's I don't mind it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. clearly they like talking on the phone. They like yeah. people. They like receptive. It's comics will call me, whatever. Yeah. Like, how does it hurt you, though, other than the Yankee tickets? <laughs> <laughs> I think when I'm alone. Um, I have a fix, maybe, for how to bring New York with you. Okay. What is it? You get, like, a, a rag, and you have Derek Jeter hold it against his chest. Okay. For, like, two minutes. Yeah. And then he gives it to you, and then everywhere you go, you sniff it. Just sniff it. Yeah. Like a sniff, a it's Jeter a, sniff a, rag. It's like a, my shroud. It's a shroud of Jeter. A shroud of Jeter. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I. That's a good idea. Yeah. I. I think that you know, for me, um, this being alone thing. I think ultimately it comes down to you know, when I'm alone, then I think I have to still get faced with it. Like all the noise calms down. It's like you. I still get faced with all these. Uh, all this work I still have to do and all these questions that I, you know, said when we started the show that I wanted to have answered so I could be the best version of myself for my daughter. I think I have to get faced with all these questions that I still haven't answered and I'm still not even, I believe, close to the best version of myself and what what are my kids going to think of this imperfect failure of a dad? But also this idea that we're bad 
Yeah. And we need to work on ourselves. Yeah. Is Catholic. Yep. Original sin. Can't yep. get rid of it. Yep. What I've come to recently that may help you is like, I'm not going to die and be like, did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know what i mean like yeah. it's never going to be solved yeah so just like maybe arc toward better right again shout out to better helps uh, Love slash help. neil yeah do you have a slash chrissy uh yeah uh you could put promo code chaos or promo code hey babe or yeah but or or yeah, neil or neil whatever why don't you whatever. just put neil chaos hey babe see what happens <laughs> <laughs> we all get a cut we all get a, <laughs> yeah, we all get a, yeah. we got a little yeah. taste that's that's interesting what you said though like it doesn't have to be like I almost am like a perfectionist, even though I don't think I am, because it's like if if things aren't perfect or if I didn't cross every T and dot every I and check every box, then I think I had a failed day, which comes from Catholic guilt, where it's not true. Like, like you know, give yourself a break. You're doing better. At least you're thinking about trying to get better. Right. No one's thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, no yeah. one's trying to get better. Yeah. People are not. People aren't losing weight. They're not getting in shape. They're not meditating. Yeah. Nobody's doing fucking jack shit. Louis, I heard Louis say something, Louis C.K., the other day, say something where he said, you know, I guess it applies to comedy, but it's life metaphor, too, where he was like, you know, who cares if you sell 100% of the tickets or 80% of the tickets? The bottom line is people are there and that should make you happy, which is true. That's like not, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's 20% difference in a check, but who cares? It's still enough for you to live your life and you're still doing what you wanted to do. Like, yeah. Don't lose sight of that. And sometimes I do lose sight of that, especially. When, and I think when I'm alone is when I lose sight of that the most. When yeah. I, you know, when, I, when I'm when I'm just like, oh, man, you're really not doing good, Chris. Like this is this is not good. And then and then I, and then rather than facing that, I still to this day just be like, let me do every situation I can be in where I'm always around people and never alone. I'm going to I got a mantra for you. I yes. don't know what your mantra is, but. In your tra- in your TM, your chance. I'm not allowed to say. I know you're not allowed to say legally. <laughs> yes, legally. Um, yeah. But it's it's promo code chaos. <laughs> yes, um, is, is your mantra. Yeah. Somebody I know worked on Grand Theft Auto. Okay. And Burt Reynolds, uh, it was the one where he he did a bunch of voices. Okay. And uh, and it took days. He had like four thousand lines of dialogue or something. <sighs> yeah. And it took days of him just in a booth. At one point, they were like in the the engineers were like, hey, "Do you need anything, Burt?" And he was like, uh, yeah, just uh, every once in a while, uh, give me an attaboy. And uh, and they're like, what? What's that? He goes, you know, just say uh, every once in a while, just give me an attaboy, Bert. And they were like, okay. Yeah. And then they just, then they would just every once in a while be like, attaboy, Bert. Your mantra, you could do either one. You could do attaboy, Bert. You could do attaboy, Chrissy. Okay. You're doing great. Just keep trying to get a little better. You know your the steering wheel is going to pull that in the direction better. You're doing great. Great. Congratulations. Thank you. Out of boy, Bert. Out of boy, Bert.